All right, church, good morning. It's always good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. I pray that you have your Bible with you this morning. I want you to go ahead and open your Bible up to the book of Psalms. We're going to be in Psalm 103 this morning. Hopefully you've got your outline there with you this morning in your bulletin. Go ahead and open that up. Hopefully you've got a pencil or a pen there with you as well as we dive into the Word of God this morning. Now, if you were a child like me that grew up in the 80s, you know who this was, right? You know this, this, is, this is Charlie Brown. And so this conversation that Charlie Brown has with his sister Sally pertaining to the holiday of Thanksgiving. If you've watched this, this is a conversation that you, you're never really going to forget. So here's Sally, the sister of Charlie Brown, and she asks him some questions pertaining to this holiday that we call Thanksgiving. And so here's Charlie Brown. He, he's thinking, he, his, the wheels are spinning. And I'll be honest with you, when you watch this, Hopefully it makes us think as well, because I want you to think about the two questions that she asked her brother pertaining to Thanksgiving. She says, number one, she says, why should I give thanks on Thanksgiving? Two Wednesday nights ago, we sat right here in this church facility, and I handed out a piece of paper, and on the piece of paper, we talked about three different things of why we were thankful. We talked about our church family. We talked about the things that we've went through in the year of 2022. And we just really talked about our relationship with the Father. And I want you to think about some of these things this morning as you listen to these words. What should I give? Why should I give thanks on Thanksgiving? Then number two, she says, what have I got to be? What have I got to be thankful for? I wonder how many people are asking themselves that same question this year. What have I got to be thankful for? Well, to answer these questions, maybe we need to go back in history a little bit to figure some things out. we got to ask ourselves these questions. You know, October 3rd, 1863, somebody by the name of President Abraham Lincoln. Anybody remember that name? The 16th president of our country, born right over here in LaRue County, Kentucky. He said the following. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are soldering in the foreign fields to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise of our beneficent Lord, Father, who dwelleth in heavens. So according to President Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States, he said thanksgiving was to be a holiday of thanksgiving and praise to who? To God, to the Father in heaven. So according to Lincoln, Thanksgiving was a holiday of thanksgiving and praise. So to answer Sally's two questions, according to President Lincoln, number one, we should be thankful for God's blessings. Amen? We should be thankful for God's blessings. And then number two, we should be thankful that we have a Father in where? We should be thankful that we have a Father in heaven. But the question, I guess, really is this. What is Thanksgiving to you, right? Personally, if we have to answer this question to ourselves and we have to write it down, we've got to think about it, we've got to ponder over it. What is Thanksgiving? 
Is Thanksgiving, is it just a, a time of reflection of the blessings of God? Or is Thanksgiving, is it merely about the turkey, the football? Hopefully, maybe it's a, a day off from work. And I know we really don't want to admit what I'm going to say next. But Thanksgiving is becoming the holiday of thanks that we rush through because Black Friday and the Christmas season begins at midnight. You know, when I was a kid growing up, there was no Black Friday. When I was a kid growing up, Thanksgiving, it meant you spent time with family, you sat back, you ate turkey, you watched football, you took a nap, and then you repeated, amen? You weren't trying to rush through because you had to go shopping. You weren't trying to rush through because you had to sell that you had to get to. You just weren't trying to rush through Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving had its own time. And it had its own purpose. Because when you sit down at Thanksgiving and when time slows down, you start to think about all the things that you're thankful for. You start, to, you, know, you start to think about, well, what's God done in my life? What's God done through me? What's God done in the church? And so as you start to slow down and you start to think about it, all of a sudden, God starts to creep into our what? Into our thoughts and into our conversations. And can I tell you something real quickly, church? That's exactly what Satan don't want. Satan doesn't want us to slow down. Satan doesn't want us to be thankful. Satan doesn't want us to recognize the blessings of whom all, all flow. He doesn't want us to be able to sit down and say, Lord, I know these are from you, Father. I thank you for life. I thank you for my family. I thank you for all my job. I thank you for a roof over my head. I thank you for my church family that I have today. Amen? And many people don't have a church family. Many people, they don't have any idea of the blessings that come from a church family, brothers and sisters in Christ, that will cry with you, rejoice with you, pray with you, learn with you, help guide you. A lot of people, they don't know what these blessings really, truly are about. But can you imagine what would happen to a world? Can you imagine what would happen to a nation, a country, a state, a city, a town, a county, a church that slowed down to truly absorb and share with others the blessings of thankfulness. Wednesday night, I don't know how many of you all were here for our Thanksgiving meal. 200, over 200 people came through the doors Wednesday night. And can I tell you something real quickly? It wasn't all about the turkey. It wasn't all about the stuffing. It wasn't all about the desserts. It was about fellowship. It's about sitting down and breaking bread, maybe with somebody that you don't know. It was about sitting down and being thankful. It was about sitting down and looking someone across the table from you and just sharing a, a word with a, of encouragement or a prayer or a blessing. See, when we slow down and we really start to give God thanks, this is when stuff, stuff really starts to happen. Amen. We start to realize who our blessings flow through. We start to realize who it is that gives us our strength. We start to realize who it is that we owe everything that we are to. In Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5, we find David, and he's praising God, and he's reminding himself of the blessings of thankfulness in his life as well, I believe, as in our own. I want you to look at Psalm 103. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5. 
this morning. Listen to the word of God. And it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Brother Billy, I believe that's a song. Amen. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not none of his benefits, who pardons all of your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion, who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, we thank you for an opportunity, Lord, to come into our church. Lord, have our small group time this morning. Father, we thank you for that. Lord, we thank you this morning that we come in and give our tithes and our offerings unto you, Father God. Lord, we thank you this morning for being able to come in and sing and to praise you and to worship you, Lord. Father, oftentimes this is a time of rush, a time of just waiting for lunch to happen or for a ball game to come on or for something to happen in this afternoon. But, Father, I pray right now we slow down. Father, I pray right now you, you take the thoughts of other things and, Father, put them to the side. Father, I pray right now that you would open every heart. Lord, I pray right now you would open up every ear. Father, I pray right now the Holy Spirit would work in such a great way this morning, Father God, that this altar would be full of people that would come and just praise you to give thanks to you, Lord, this morning, for you are a great God. Lord, we love you. Father, we're thankful for you. And God, as we look around this morning, we have so many reasons to be thankful for. Lord, may our heart rejoice today. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. I, I don't know, has anyone ever accused you of talking to yourself? John, does Jenna accuse you of that when the deviled eggs are around? Should I have one? Should I not have one? Should I have one? Should I not have one? Right? I, I like to talk to myself a little bit. David and Austin probably think I'm crazy every now and then in the, in the office because I have these moments where I'm kind of talking to myself. I may be outside mowing the yard or doing some things, and I'll find myself talking to myself. Well, that's exactly what David was doing in this psalm. In this psalm, we see this hymn of praise of a heart that erupts from this inward thankfulness. How many times have you ever been going down the road and you got WJIE on or you're listening to Christian music and you just it feels like your heart's just getting ready to bust out of your chest, amen? And you're thankful and you're joyful and, 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 and you know, you go to work or you go wherever you're going and it just lifts up your spirit. How many times have you ever been to worship, right? You've been to church, you heard this sermon, you heard a great song, God's working in your life, the Holy Spirit's pulling at your heartstrings and and you want to get up and you want to pray or praise or whatever it is. See, I believe that's where David was right here. Church, let me ask you, when's the last time you were there? When's the last time that you couldn't wait for a sermon to be over because you wanted to come up and pray? You wanted to come up and thank God for your life. You wanted to come up and thank God for your salvation. You wanted to come up and thank God for your spouse, for your children, for a roof over your head. You wanted to come up and thank God that he blessed you with a church family that loves you and wants to be there for you. When's the last time that you really, really felt that way? The Bible reminds us that David was a man after God's own what? 
He was a man after God's own heart, according to Acts chapter 13, verse 22. Yes, this is King David that slayed the giant. This is David, the second king of Israel. This is David that fathered King Solomon, the third king of Israel. The Bible says may have been one of the smartest and wisest man ever to live. But even David, one of the most popular figures throughout the Bible, needed to be reminded sometimes of just how great God was to him. And so through his inward heart of thankfulness, we see an outward expression of worship. And David starts by reminding us, and this is where your sermon outline begins this morning. Get ready to write this down as God works on our hearts this morning. Thanksgiving, it's a time to look what? It's a time to look inwardly. Thanksgiving, it's a time to look inwardly. Now notice, I didn't say outwardly, did I? A lot of times we like to look around at other people to see how thankful they are. I'm saying this is a time for us to look inwardly, personally, of who you are. Not the one sitting beside you, in front of you, behind you this morning. Let me tell you, Satan works in a lot of different ways, and if he can steal your thankfulness, he will. Amen? I'm saying you personally, right now, at this very moment, this is a time I want you to look inwardly. David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is what? Within me. Bless his holy name. Now listen, we have no idea what David may have been going through at this moment in his life. We know the stories about King David. You know that he was a man after God's own heart, but we also know that he made many mistakes along the way. But we need to notice, we have to notice that no matter where David was in his life, he always had a way of coming back to the source. He always had a way of coming back to the Father. See, David had a relationship with God. The Bible says that David called him his rock. The Bible says that he called him my shield. The Bible says that David called him the maker of heaven and earth. And the Bible says that God, that David called him my savior. And what I really want us to notice right here too is, is how David emphasizes two characterizations that all Christians need to recall. And this is in your outline. And the first one that David, David emphasizes is this. He says, let all that I am praise who? The Lord. Let all of who I am praise the Lord. Now let me ask you, how do we praise the Lord with only certain parts of who we are? Have y'all ever thought about that? You ever made those kind of deals with God? Well, God, I'm going to praise you on Sundays, but I'm not going to praise you this day. Or God, I'm going to praise you with, with, my, with this or that, but I'm not going to praise you with this. Oftentimes, I think we Christians, we get a little bit confused of how we're supposed to praise God. And then we remember some of the words that Jesus said from the book of Matthew. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your what? And with all your mind. See, Jesus wants the totality of you to praise him. He doesn't want just your hand, your arms, your feet. He wants all that you have. Can we say that we're doing that? Can we say that that's who we are? Or do we only praise Him wholly when things are going exactly the way we want things to, to go? 
If I come around this morning and, and I ask you the simple question, are you praising God with all of your being? What would you say this morning? Would you say, well, Brother Donnie, I'm about 10%. Brother Donnie, I'm about 40%. Brother Donnie, I'm about 65, 75, 85, 95. Hey, you're getting better and better. Amen. Where would you be that this morning? Because God says, I want what? I want all of it. I want the totality of your praise. And then second, David emphasized this. He says, let all not forget the Lord's benefits. Let's don't forget. You know, for us to praise the Lord, for us to be truly thankful for who He is, it requires us to have a personal relationship with Jesus in which we remember and not forget. Not forget His mercies. Not forgetting His blessings that He's poured out in our past, in our present, and in our future. And notice, I didn't say a belief in Christ, but I said we must have a personal relationship with Christ. When someone asks you who Jesus is, what do you say? Do you say he's your Lord and Savior, or, or, or do we just try to explain him as someone we think about it at Easter, at Thanksgiving, at Christmas? See, usually when Thanksgiving Day rolls around, we find ourselves more concerned about the inward craving of food than the inward craving of giving God the appropriate thanks that he deserves. And I get it. I get it. I love to eat. Amen? I love the turkey and the mashed potatoes and the green beans and the baked beans and the desserts. And then I like to watch football, take a nap, and repeat. Amen? We all love the aspects of Thanksgiving and the food and the fellowship that it encompasses. But remember what the Bible says, limitations. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases. His compassion, it never fails. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness thanksgiving's his day as well amen it's our opportunity to be thankful unto the one that has given us every single thing that we have you know often the negatives of life have a way of zapping our ability to remember the benefits of having a relationship with Christ because we are a people that focuses on the here and the now. Think about that. Has that ever happened to you? Maybe right now you're going through something in your life and you have forgotten that His mercies are new every single day. Maybe you're going through something right now and the negatives around the situations have consumed your heart and your ability to worship God in the way that He deserves. And so let me say this, the negatives in this life, they do not change how much Christ cares for us. He's still our Lord, amen? He is still our Savior, our Redeemer, and our Sustainer. So maybe we need to be reminded just how great some of God's benefits are in our lives. And starting in verse 3, David starts to unveil the benefits or the blessings with his relationship with God. And it reminds us of number 2 this morning. Thanksgiving is a time to recall that God forgives us and heals us from our sins. Amen? It's a time that God forgives us and he heals us. You know, if there was someone in the Old Testament that knew what true forgiveness and restoration 
from sin was all about, guess who it was? It was David. Even though David was a man after God's own heart at one time in his life, the Bible says that he was an adulterer. Even though he was a man after God's own heart, in the Bible it says he became a thief, a liar, a deceiver. And when Nathan the prophet confronted David about his sin, he finally realized his iniquities. And he said to David, he says, I have sinned against the Lord. And then Nathan replied to him, he said, the Lord has taken your sin. You are not going to die. You're forgiven. Matthew Henry once said these words, he said, The corruption of nature is the sickness of the soul. It is its disorder and it threatens its death. Most people look at sin as a choice, but the Bible explains to us that sin, after it's full grown, it gives birth to what? To death. See, being a good person doesn't forgive sin, does it? Telling yourself, well, pastor, I don't bother anyone. I don't make problems for other people. That doesn't bring forgiveness. That doesn't bring healing. If being a good person with morals and values could forgive sin and bring healing, then why did Jesus ever come to this earth? Why did he ever show up? The Apostle Paul reminded the church in Corinth, I missed you this last Sunday, he said, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. And when we ask Christ to forgive us, David reminds us right here, he's like, look, he doesn't just forgive you of the sin, but he brings restoration. He brings healing into your life. The devil loves to hinder people by weighing them down from their past failures and their past sins. For many, it isn't the acknowledgement to Jesus or the asking of forgiveness that proves difficult, but it's the healing of the sin itself. And this is why we're to draw close to Christ. This is why we are to draw close to the church for encouragement and strength and the building up of our faith. Church, I'm going to be real, real personal with you this morning if I was asked to make a list of all the sins that I've ever committed I imagine it would take a long time just to write down the ones I remember may have to use a few pens a few books of paper but I'm thankful that through the grace of Jesus the Bible says those sins are forgiven and he says they're not just forgiven, but he says that they are forgotten because Jesus nailed them to the cross many years ago. Now, this doesn't mean that I forget. This doesn't mean that I've forgotten the sins that I've committed. But I have to believe that through Jesus, my sins are forgiven and that I'm healed. Amen? We have to believe that. Carl Menninger, the famous Psychiatrist, he once said that if he could convince the patients in the psychi uh, psychiatric hospitals that their sins were forgiven, he said 75% of them could walk out the next day. 75% of them. Because they could not get over if their sins had been what? Forgiven. 
And then David continues to remind us of God's blessing. And this is number three because of this. Thanksgiving, it's a time to recall that God rescues us from destruction and he crowns us with love and he crowns us with mercy. He rescues us from destruction. And the Bible says that he crowns us with love and that he crowns us with mercy. David says, he says, who redeems your life from the what? Three letters. From the pit. Now, what in the world is a pit? Well, a pit, typically, it's a dark, confining, it's imprisoning. And David, he uses this metaphor to describe his three-letter word, his S-I-N. By his own efforts, David could never escape the grave of his own making. But when he gave God his due, he understood that it is God who rescues It's God who redeems and crowns one's life with goodness, kindness, faithfulness, mercy, and compassion. In Psalm 40, David said these words. He said, I waited patiently for the Lord. He turned to me. He heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Some of us right now, maybe some of us right now, we're stuck in a slimy pit of our own. And we need Jesus to pull us out. We need Jesus to rescue us. We need Jesus to create a new heart in us. We need Jesus to clean clean us up. We, We need to set our feet maybe on the solid rock and not the slippery slopes that we often find ourselves on. Maybe we need a new direction. Maybe some of us need a new song put in our life, a new way to live this life. And guess what? The Bible says that you can find that through Jesus Christ. You can have that. Back in 2010, some of you all will remember this story. 33 miners found themselves trapped in a Chilean mine, nearly 700 meters underground. It took 69 days before all were eventually rescued. 69 days. Can you imagine being trapped under the earth for 69 days? One of the miners who was rescued after two months, said the experience, now check this out, the experience renewed his faith in God. Ricardo Villarose said, strength comes from internal energy and prayer, and I never used to pray. Here I learned to pray. In the end, Ricardo thanked God and the rescue workers for granting him a second chance. Wow. Can I tell you something this morning? Mono Imano here. There are going to be pits in every life. There are going to be pits in every life. But there's not a pit on this earth that's deeper than the love that Jesus has for you. There is not a pit on this earth that Jesus can't pull you out of. There is not a pit on this earth that's going to cover you in dirt that he can't cleanse you out of. There is not a pit on this earth that we can hide from God that he can't see you out of. 
This is the God that we love. He's our Savior. The Bible says He is our Redeemer. The Bible says He's our Creator. The Bible says He is our Sustainer. And then David continues to remind us of God's blessing. Number four is this. Thanksgiving, it's a time to recall that God satisfies your desires with good things. God satisfies your desires with good things. When David gave thanks to God and he praised his holy name for the blessings of God's greatness, his heart soared because of the burden of his sin was removed and his youth evidently was renewed like eagles. You know, the prophet Isaiah, you all have heard this scripture more than likely. He said these words, he says, Though youth grow weary and tired and vigorous men may stumble badly, yet those who wait on the Lord will gain new strength. They'll mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Even youth grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. You know, many people have this belief that being a Christian is boring, right? Many people, they believe that Christianity, it's all about legalism. It's all about these do's. It's all about all of these don'ts. And, you know, here's the thing that we know. Christianity, it's not based on any of that at all. Christianity, it's based on a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. That's what we know. See, when God has taken something away from my life, God didn't do it to take away some type of enjoyment or some type of fun. But when God has taken things away from my life, God has always replaced it with something better. He's always replaced it with something good. Even when I didn't understand it, even when I was upset, even when I was angry, even when I was confused, even when I was dealing with anxiety... God looks down and he says, Donnie, what are you scared of? Because I love you. And if I take something from you, I'm going to replace it with something good. I'm going to replace it with something good. Think about all the good things that you're going to partake in come Thursday or this week to come as we celebrate Thanksgiving. I want you to stop and think about a few of these things. Food. Fellowship. Games, movies, I did say food, amen? But how about remembering being thankful for the remarkable things that God has given us, an inward gift of the Holy Spirit, the forgiver and healer of our sins, our rescuer that crowns us with love and compassion, the giver of good things that renews us and strengthen us. One Thanksgiving season, there was a family that was seated around the table looking at the annual holiday bird, and from the oldest to the youngest, they began to express their praise. When they came to the five-year-old in the family, he began looking at the turkey and expressing his thanks to the turkey, saying, although he had not tasted it, he said, I know it's going to be good. After the rather novel expression of thanksgiving, he began with a more predictable line of credits, thanking his mom for cooking the turkey, thanking his father for buying the turkey thanking the pastor for deep frying the turkey because it was good, amen? 
But then he went beyond that. He joined together a whole multitude of benefactors, linking them with cause and effect. And he said this. He said, I thank you for the checker at the grocery store who checked out that turkey. He said, I, I thank you for the grocery store put people who put that turkey on the shelf. I thank you for the farmer who made it fat. I thank you for the man who made the feed. I thank you for those who brought the turkey to the store. And using his Columbo-like little mind, he traced the turkey all the way from its origin to his plate. And at the end, he solemnly said, did I leave anybody out? And check this out. You ready for this? Three-year-old little brother said he was embarrassed by all those proceedings. He looked at big brother. He said, yeah. He said, God. He said, God. And solemnly and without being flustered at all, the five-year-old boy looked at his younger brother and he said, well, I was about to get to him. And church, isn't that the question about which we ought to think at Thanksgiving time? Are we really going to get to him this year? Are we really going to get around to praising him and thanking him for everything that he's done? So why should you give thanks on Thanksgiving? What do you have to be thankful for? Maybe this morning you want to come and just pray a prayer of thankfulness. Maybe this morning you want to you're dealing with a sin that's weighing you down and you need God's forgiveness and you need God's restoration. Maybe this morning you need God to create in you a clean heart full of love and compassion for who He is supposed to be in your life. Church, I can tell you this morning I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for our church family. I'm thankful for each one of you. I'm thankful that you allow me to do what I do. There is no other place that I would rather be with my family than right here at Cecilia Baptist. I'm not perfect. I'm never going to be perfect. I'm never going to make every single one of you happy. But I can tell you what, as long as we're unified and we're serving the Lord and we're serving each other, we're loving God and we're loving each other, I promise you God's going to bless this church. So this morning, maybe this has been the day you've been waiting on. Maybe this morning you want to come and you just want to cry out a heart of a thankfulness to God. Say, Lord, thank you for my family. Maybe this morning there's some hard hearts that need to come and just be cracked wide open. Amen. Maybe this morning there's some kids or teenagers that want to just come up and pray and tell God how thankful they are for their mom or dad or their family. Maybe there's some of us this morning we can't really remember the last time that Our hearts burst with thankfulness and joy. I'll give you the opportunity this morning, amen? I'll give you the opportunity this morning when Billy comes and we sing, that we just don't sing because we're being told to sing, 
but we sing because we have something to sing for. We have something to be thankful for. We have someone to praise. This morning, will you stand? This invitation is for you, church. Will you come?